This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here hosting this program for you this evening. It's always my pleasure to give you the 411 on what's going down beneath the sheets. Not much sometimes, which is why we have a program. Um, but uh, in the second hour of the program, we're going to be talking about love bombing, cheap dates, can you have a relationship after a diagnosis of herpes, HIV, AIDS? Well, one website thinks you can, and I have the story to prove it. Also, breaking bad habits to find love, your emails, and more. So do stay with me. Love having you. If you of course, if you have any questions or comments at all, you can call me with a fake name, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Everything's confidential here on the Sunday Night Sex Show. I might write a blog about you, but uh, not to worry. I'll never disclose who you are. Uh, and, uh, and you know what? Sometimes your comment, your question, your idea might help somebody else. It might even help me. So give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Of course, you can email me. I'm going to be going through the emails I've received uh, from you Uh over the, over the summer, which have been amazing. I really appreciate all of your emails because I learn so much and understand what the critical issues are in relationships, and I do try my hardest to help you maybe reframe things, look at it a little bit differently, guide you in the right direction, uh, or help you in some way. Because I'm a nurse, and nurses put the fun in dysfunction. <laughs> nurses are the best people to marry. That's The men are the, most, are the happiest when they marry nurses. I wonder, but I think probably if women marry male nurses, if they're the happiest, okay? That's something to consider as well, because those... Those men, those male nurses must be in touch with their feelings. They must, you know, they, they kind of don't sweat the small stuff either. And they see tragedy and trauma and they know what a real problem is as compared with a uh, little issue that really has nothing to do. That people get, get just so obsessed about and get so upset about and get so angry about. When, but when they think about it, you know, really, I had a, a couple in my clinical practice once and uh, they had five houses in the lower mainland and they, they owned them kind of out in that like Delta and Steveston and um, kind of out in <laughs> name some other towns. Out there. Not, they didn't have one in Langley. I would have remembered Langley cause I love Langley. <laughs> Langley is for lovers. Um, no, not Langley, but it was Delta and Steveston and anyway, Tawasson. That was it. Tawasson. And they they were just fighting and arguing, and they had no there was no sex going on in their relationship whatsoever. And this was his second marriage, and her first. And they were the result of an extramarital affair. That's how they got together. Is that um, he cheated on his wife with her, and they had initially at the beginning of the relationship, which is so common to have you know wild, passionate, great sex, hot sex, exciting sex, dangerous sex exploratory sex, uh, you know, on lunch hours and when you're sneaking and that's all exciting and fabulous. And but once they moved in together and amassed this pretty much a fortune of five homes in that area, I would imagine would add up to a pretty penny. And they were stressed about driving from Delta to Steveston to mow the lawn of one of the houses. And I said, hire somebody. Are you kidding me? You have all of these houses and you're 
this is such an issue. They were fighting so much. And one of the arguments was about this lawn mowing in Steveston. Anyway, I, I, I just didn't understand it. But I just had to point out to them that they were extremely fortunate to own all these homes. And this was not a problem, you know, that it took 30 minutes or whatever to drive over there from, from their primary residence. Um, so they had no money problems except, you know, they had lawn mowing problems. I mean, really, let's get real here. Um, so you wouldn't believe some of the things that people come in to see me uh, about. You know, they can be just petty little small things that until it's pointed out to them, they don't realize that, you know, do, did they even have a right to complain about having to mow the lawn of a home where they could have more than afforded to hire somebody to do that? Anyway, people have really strange relationships with money <laughs> and really strange relationships as well. But uh, I digress. So I uh, wanted to mention love bombing. And Matt, you don't know what love bombing is, huh? No, no, even after that, guests still can't figure it out. Okay, well, I think nurses love bomb. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they may love bomb, but continue that love bombing. Um, it's not ghosting, which we know what ghosting is. That's when somebody that you're in a relationship with or, or maybe just texting or sexting. And sexting is wildly popular, by the way. I think it's like 73% of people are sexting. And it's going to be, you know, it'll be mainstream of relationships soon. Um, but first we had ghosting and then benching, you know, kind of that plan B approach. But this is a brutal. Those are okay. They're not great. They've been around for a long time, but they're not as brutal as this new dating trend. And that's another obstacle that single people have to deal with. And it is the most likely, the most manipulative tactic yet, although somebody evil will probably think of a more manipulative tactic, I am sure. Love bombing is a seductive tactic where a manipulative person tries to control another individual with bombs brimming from day one. So this is according to psychiatrist Dale Archer. It typically occurs in whirlwind romances where one partner will try to influence a person with affection, attention, presence, and promises about the future. And one of the biggest risks here for Women in particular, because women seem to be, although women can love bomb as well, but women are particularly vulnerable to this, especially if they have had a history of abuse in their lifetime, if they are not confident about themselves, if they feel they were never loved, if they feel that another person completes them, that is a very uh, toxic way to be. If you feel someone else completes you, you actually need to come and see me. Uh, You are complete on your own. But in this love bombing relationship, things progress quickly and they there's this rush of this new romance, which already we know that the hormone PEA is scourging through the blood vessels. You're happy. You are excited. You're sexually excited. Uh, you know, it's somebody new, somebody different. They are showering you with gifts and they're showering you with attention and compliments and saying these incredible things that you've only dreamed about in your lifetime. And it's just too good to be true because it is. Because it's a love bomb, or it may be a love bomb. Uh, this, this, this rush of new romance is powerful for many victims, and people are victims to this because it pushes aside any feelings of doubt and, and it causes this high level of infatuation with somebody. And so this person that you're, is love bombing you 
is making you so happy and so excited, you don't have time to reflect. Reflection is one of the most important things in life. It's that pause button. It says, just stop. Let's think about this. Let, let me reflect on this. Is this a relationship like, like none other I've had before? Or has this happened to you before and you realized that you were being manipulated? Um, so you want to just be aware of this. And because what happens, especially if you are the codependent type, if you have a history of abuse in your childhood, that's one way you may be codependent. Um, and you become quickly codependent on the predator, who is often a narcissist or a sociopath, the most evil, the most dark personality disorder out there. That honeymoon feeling doesn't last, and as soon as the victims show a small hint of not caring or prioritizing the partner, the predator reveals their true colors. And so that can be extravagant displays of affection all of a sudden uh, counteracted with anger, devaluation, and just being horrible to the person. There's a massive shift. shift uh, there's a, almost an abrupt shift in the type of attention from affectionate and loving to controlling and angry. I hear about this for a lot of people after they get married, they all of a sudden... They were in a loving relationship, and then after the marriage, it becomes controlling and angry. And when the pursuing partner, when the love bomber makes unreasonable, unreasonable demands, you know that's a red flag. So this is psychological partner abuse, period, nothing more. And it's really difficult, but it may help you to understand if you see this pattern, if you see this pattern in a relationship. And, and you know what? Because of online dating is so popular now and, and really has become mainstream, it used to be that you'd say, how did you meet? And people are like, oh, don't tell anyone we met online. And now it's like, we met online. Um, so it's so common that it places people at risk for this. And, you know, when people are online and they're looking for love repeatedly, repeatedly, and they don't find it, something, someone like this that comes along is actually, you know, so attractive to somebody um, so just a couple of things to be aware of. Just remember that healthy relationships build slowly and couples should maintain a healthy friendship uh, with friends and family throughout this time. So oftentimes an abuser, a love bombing abuser, will want to keep you away from your family and friends. And so that's um, that is a problem as well. So. There are lots of characteristics about narcissism. I will probably review that on the program coming up because it's a very uh, important subject and we have lots of, our, you know, one narcissist is one narcissist too many or is too many. So um, these are, you know, yet some of those characteristics of narcissism are desirable characteristics. So, um, and, and I can go through that. That'll be another segment, um, but it's because it's a very complicated construct. But just be aware, love bombing is out there. You don't want to be a victim to it. You don't need anyone to complete you. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you, giving you the 411 on what's going down beneath the sheets. I hope a lot for you because that'll make you healthier, happier, and sleep better. 
Uh, does that sound like a commercial or what? Anyway, it is a commercial for sex. That's what it is. <laughs> have a little bit more. Uh, we we're talking about exercise, but you know, if you have more exercise, you'll have more sex because your mood will be better. You'll be happier. You'll be thinner. You'll be more attractive. Anyway, one thing leads to another. I carry on and realize that the struggle is real. Um, hopefully, but there are things that you can do about it. So, uh, one thing that, uh, oftentimes will, people will get a sexually transmitted infection and they will think that their lives are over, their sex lives anyway, are over and that they'll never be in a relationship ever again. So this week in my clinical practice, a woman came to see me. She was in her, well, she wouldn't tell me her age, but I, I believe I recall her age. Um, anyway, sixties or seventies anyway. A lot of women won't tell their age, but uh, she wouldn't tell me her age and she wouldn't tell the person she brought with her her age. But a year ago, she came to see me and because she had herpes, she had been diagnosed with herpes and she believed that her sex life was over for good and she was never going and she was a very sexual woman. She wanted to have a relationship. She was online frequently and um, she perhaps had not... um, practice safe sex, which is, is vitally important. Um, but you know what? Herpes is common. It's an infection caused by the herpes simplex virus. It, the virus affects the external genitalia, the anal region, mucosal surfaces, and skin in other parts of the body. It is a long-term condition. Many people, however, m- never have symptoms, even though they are carrying the virus. So symptoms include blisters, ulcers, pain when urinating. You can also have cold sores, and those are typically HSV-1. There's two types, HSV-1 and 2. Typically, we see 2 with the genitalia, HSV-2, but we're also seeing HSV-1 as well in the genitalia. So if you have a cold sore, it's not a good idea to practice oral sex or to receive or give oral sex. Uh, So keep that in mind. There's also vaginal discharge is another symptom of Herpes. Although there's no cure for herpes, it can be treating you to using medications, managing stress in your life. Um, so as I said, there are two types of herpes simplex virus, the HSV-1, which is the oral herpes, and the HSV-2, which is the genital herpes. But be forewarned, we're seeing the HSV-1 in the genitalia. So more than 50% of people in the U.S. and Canada have HSV-1, and about 15.5% of people in the U.S. and Canada age 14 to 49 have HSV-2, so have the genitalia herpes. Receiving oral sex from somebody who has cold sores around their mouth significantly raises your risk. I cannot say this enough. That significantly raises your risk of becoming infected and having genital herpes. It is impossible to get genital herpes or any other infection for that matter from a toilet seat. So let's clear that up right now. So some of the symptoms are not experienced by people for months or years after becoming infected. Those who do have symptoms during the initial period will notice them about four days after exposure. The average range is 2 to 12 days um, after the uh, exposure to the virus. The virus, the herpes virus sheds about 14 days after an outbreak. Many people with HSV have recurring herpes, and when a person is first infected, those recurrences tend to happen more frequently, and they are a little bit more difficult. They um, they happen. Uh, they're they're a, more of a um, 
you know, there's more of a raging infection than um, or more, more significant of an infection. The symptoms are worse. The remission periods do get longer over time, and each occurrence tends to be more tends to become less severe. So there's primary infection symptoms like blisters and ulceration on the genitalia, vaginal discharge, pain and itching, tender and large lymph nodes, pain when urinating, high temperature, general malaise, cold sores, and red blisters on the skin. It is a recurrent infection. Many people take um, antivirals daily to uh, thwart off recurrences. And there are recurrent symptoms like burning and tingling and cervix uh, ulcers and blisters, cold sores on the mouth, and red blisters, but the recurrences happen less often and less severe. And I'm going to tell you about my patient and how she found love when I return. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Um, anyway, we were, I, thanks for being with me, hanging over here. We were talking about a tough subject, um, but uh, I wanted to, to tell you about a website um, that helped a patient of mine that a year ago I sent her to because she was diagnosed with herpes and she thought her sex life was over. And so I said to her, you ought to go on Positive Singles. It's a website that uh, allows you to stay positive, find love and support and hope. It is the number one herpes and STI dating app now. So this patient came to see me a year ago. She was discouraged, upset with her diagnosis um, and uh, she thought she'd never find love. She went on to this website, and then she came back to see me a year later or so, and with the men <laughs> that she met. And, of course, they had some issues, because is there a couple out there that doesn't have issues? And one of the things that was her issues was, one of her issues was that she had um she had vaginal dryness. She was a postmenopausal woman. And she told me that she had had a tear. She'd had some rough sex with this guy who was also positive, uh, herpes positive. And uh, she had ru- they'd had rough sex together. And uh, did I mention that? They had rough sex. <laughs> and she had a tear. No surprise. When the estrogen levels decrease in the urogenital tract in the vagina, uh, then you, you're going to bleed and you might have a little bit of a tear. And so, because it's much more sensitive then. So I, so her doctor actually diagnosed her with an infection because of the little bit of a bleeding tear. And I said, it's not an infection. It's likely GSM, genitourinary syndrome of menopause. It requires a personal moisturizer or localized estrogen therapy. So we took care of that one problem for her. And, um, and so then she had another issue as well, but, um, and she had another issue that she wanted to deal with, and it was something about him, and it was a bit of a red flag about him, and I do want to tell you about that, but right now, I have Becky on the line. Hello, Becky. Hello. How are you? Pretty good. You? I'm fine, thank you. (laughs) I'm great, thanks. Good. Oh, my question. Yes. Do you have a question for me, Becky? I do. I do. do. Okay. So um, we, on your recommendation, purchased um, a sex toy. Which one was it? The Womanizer. Let me guess. The Womanizer. The Womanizer. Okay. Yes. How was the Womanizer? Too good. Too good. um, (laughs) Is it the multiples that you like about it? (laughs) Well, I do, but my partner doesn't. Oh, threatened, is he? Yeah, and feeling really... 
uh, he's feeling really um, not as important. Oh, so not a- we thought we would see if anybody else had that problem. Oh, you know, I hear that quite commonly. Um, a lot of men aren't comfortable when a woman brings a, any type of a sex toy into the relationship. And they feel like they're not measuring up, or they're inadequate, or they're not good enough anymore. So there's lots of issues. So is are you bringing it into the bedroom with him, or is it something you're you're utilizing on your own, say some afternoon delight or something like that? Probably both. Probably both. And what is bothering him? Is it when you bring it into the relationship with him? I think so. Yeah. Is it, is it, um, so is it something you've discussed and you've talked about before? Well, uh, he, um, he's just feeling like if it's there, there's kind of no point for him to continue. And, you know, sex with another person, of course, is always far more intimate and much more satisfying, much more sexually satisfying. It, it may take longer than the womanizer because the womanizer is a bit of a rocket ship. <laughs> Yeah. I will mm-hmm. say, not that I know. How would I know? Um, but so the the womanizer can perform better than than some of those womanizers out there. Not to say that your partner, your husband, is a womanizer, um, but it can take longer with with humans, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And but you know, so there's some stiff competition, pun intended, uh, and there can be. But I would suggest just talking <laughs> talk, talking about it, and you know. Showing your love for him, your care for him, your preference for him over a plastic device. <laughs> Never give up the plastic device. <laughs> you know, this is interesting because I um, enjoyed it so much. I got one for a friend, and her <laughs> husband is complaining of the same issue. So, Wow, interesting. You know, Men with low self-esteem is the issue. It's not the womanizer at all. And I should probably let people know what the womanizer is. It's a clitoral suckling device. It's really the best sex toy out there. The rabbit doesn't compare. The um, the couple's vibe doesn't compare. No, there's nothing like the womanizer. Would you agree with me? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Throw all the other ones away. The womanizer has arrived. Um, but I can see men getting a little bit um, upset about it. And so I think that perhaps just having the conversation, reassuring him, showing how the lovemaking can improve with the use of the womanizer perhaps is uh, is an idea as well. Okay. Yeah, and you know what? If he's pouting in a corner, you always have your womanizer. (laughs) Well, I'll make it a goal to include him more. I think that's a good idea, yes. And, you know, we have a tendency, you know, because the womanizer provides many different types of orgasm experiences for women, you know, yeah, that is um, tough for some men to go up against, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that just means <laughs> more exploration, more fun, more time in the bedroom for you and your husband, lover, partner. You're that's great. all. Oh, you're, you're, that's what I needed to hear. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, the Womanizer is good for you. And you can actually purchase them on my website, backtothebedroom.ca. It's a blast, (laughs) that Womanizer, I will say. And, you know, a lot of patients that I have um, provided it for have found that it helps them with sleep. It helps them with stress. It helps them when they are single or, you know, without a relationship or when they're having conflict in their marriages or their relationships 
you know, it's just a little open the little night table drawer and there she is, the womanizer, willing to help at any time. Uh, it's rechargeable and, uh, you know, and many women report multiple orgasms and multiple uh, varied orgasms as well. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, but you know what? Nothing comes without side effects. And so you got to make sure your guy has high self-esteem, thinks very highly of himself, is hard at it, <laughs> and uh, takes this very seriously, and doesn't actually take the womanizer too seriously, but know that it makes your woman happier and healthier. So you are honestly husband of the year. You want to be husband of the year? Buy your wife a womanizer. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I do want to uh, read another email uh, for you from somebody who wrote in to me, and I will do that after I continue my story about the patient who came into my clinical practice. She was afraid she wasn't going to find love. She had herpes. She went on to positive single. She found a man. They were together for four months. They've been together for four months, but there have been some issues. And one of the issues was that he did have erectile dysfunction, but he was given a, he was a trim guy and, you know, a, a pretty healthy, and he was given a prescription for Viagra. The other issue that they had, oh yeah, I totally forgot about this, was um, that on, for some reason, now these folks are, he was 65, and she was, I think she was a little bit older, but she looked a lot younger. And I just said, I, I, oh, that was, that was somebody else. Anyway, I had like a whole rash of women who looked so much younger than their stated age in the clinical practice this week. But so this one, um, she did look younger, but she wouldn't tell me her age. But I think 60s, early 70s, perhaps. And so they had actually <laughs> decided to smoke pot for some reason. They hadn't smoked pot since their teenage years. So that was a lot, a lot of years ago. And they decided to smoke pot and on di to, to enhance their sex lives. So that was one thing they wanted to tell me. And what, so the first day, I believe she thought it enhanced the sex life. I mean, I, I, I can't even tell you really because what had happened on day three, he became obtunded. So a 65-year-old man has smoked pot, probably they had had sex. Yes, they probably had sex. I didn't actually get quite the details because I wanted to give them a bit of a warning um, to, so to enhance their sex life. So obviously this didn't enhance their sex lives because he, because he practically died. Um, she was considering taking him to the emergency department. He couldn't move. He couldn't move any of his limbs. He couldn't, he was feeling, he had uh, chest like heaviness, which is, can be indicative at that age, especially of a heart attack. And he couldn't move and she was nervous and she was nervous to bring him to the emergency department because her neighbor was a doctor in the emergency department and she didn't want to have to confess to the doctor who's the neighbor what she was what she had been up to with this guy she didn't want to confess that she had been smoking pot with this guy so that interfered with her decision as to whether or not to take this guy to the emergency department, if you can believe that. So say it had been something fatal, and she decided, no, I'm not going to take you because, you know, Dr. Smith lives down the hallway from me, and I don't want him to know that I have smoked pot, so I'm not going to get you the medical care that you need. But today, there has been some, and there's been lots of stories here on CKNW, lots of reporting, and it's controversial, I know, but that there can be 
fentanyl in some of the marijuana. It is just not worth the risk. It's such a small amount. Some first responders uh, have been um, have required Narcan treatment with naloxone or Narcan, the same medication, just a trade name and a generic name. Um, so they've required um, treatment with that. So I said, you know, you're... Your sex life is not going to be enhanced by this marrow. It's not worth the risk, quite frankly, at um, at your age or any age, really, uh, these days to take to take that risk. And especially if Doctor So and So lives down the hallway from you, and you're not going to get the guy the help that he needs. And it may have been a better idea if he couldn't move anyway. It may have been a better idea to call nine one one as opposed to decide to get this guy into a car when you're around 70 years of age, and he's obtunded, he actually can't really move his limbs. So that was my uh, advice to her uh, and to him. And then the other aspect of it was uh, she told me that there was, he he had left the room by now because I wanted to examine her. uh, As I mentioned, after the rough sex that they had, uh, she had a vaginal tear and was given an antibiotic for it, which, you know, isn't going to help but probably resting from sex uh, and also um, the cream base that is in the antibiotic might probably helped helped her. So, um, but I actually told her the treatment is a personal moisturizer like Gynotroph or the Mona Lisa Touch, which is a new laser therapy that we offer in our clinical practice. So many women are having that and lots of women uh, who have vaginal dryness, vaginal sexual pain, recurrent urinary tract infections, leakage of urine, all those symptoms that go along with GSM are getting great relief from the Mona Lisa Touch. If you want more information about that, just email me at sextalk at cknw.com. Also, uh, I wanted to read some emails here. Uh, Here's one. Hi, Maureen. I watched your TEDx talk. It was great. I experienced some of the things you said, like women don't initiate sex. My wife never initiates sex and makes me very sad. And for me, I find it... Very difficult to sleep with my wife without sex. We have a horny guy in our hands here. If she doesn't attack, I will. I have to, even though I hate initiating all the time. I would like to hear your advice. As I said, the struggle is real. Okay, so men initiate sex a whole lot more often than women do. This is a very common complaint from men, and they think they're alone in this. Just get into the locker room and talk about it. You'll find out you are not the one who's not uh, being... Uh, attacked, shall we say. (laughs) You are not alone when uh, you're the one who has to initiate sex all the time. There are lots of reasons for it. Fatigue is number one, probably the number one reason for low sexual desire. Um, You know, the the biological drive for sex can be different for men. I mean, there are a lot of highly sexual women who do initiate sex. If there's any problem in your relationship from financial to unresolved conflict to anger to substance use and abuse to, um, you know, problems with the kids, working inside and outside the home, an unfair share of the responsibilities, these are things that are a woman is not going to want to have sex with you. I'm telling you. Now, I hear a lot from guys and they are like, honestly, I do half the housework. (laughs) I think they're lying (laughs) on that one for sure. Have you ever seen a guy pick up a dish? I haven't, but anyway, (laughs) I'm kidding, of course. 
Um, so, but you know what? You really have to look at the division of responsibilities. And, you know, some guys are like, I mow the lawn and I, and I shovel. And that's like, what's that? Like 10 times a year for all those activities. And you have a rider mower and it's so much fun on a ride. Everything's more fun on a rider mower. Anyway. <laughs> Um, I'm only laughing because Matt's laughing. Um, and you can't see him laughing, but I can. Uh, so my thing is that talk about it. Say it would be nice if you initiated every now and again. You know, really try and be your best self. Present your best self in a relationship. She might be exhausted because you cannot get into bed with her without initiating sex. So I'm surprised she's getting in bed with you all the time, <laughs> especially if she has low sexual desire. There may be a problem. Maybe she has painful sex. There's a number of things, but you have to ask her and you have to say, this is important to me. This is important. You know, to, the other thing is though, many women marry m- men because their biological clock ticked, because it was an arranged marriage, because their family felt that this was a good person. So they were never sexually attracted to the person in the first place. And then you add a few kids and a mortgage and a few problems and forget it. There's not going to be any sex, never mind sex that has been initiated by a woman. Okay, another email for you. Thank you so much. Oh, that's actually my response to her. Um, Okay. My, oh no, I got that one as well. Sorry about that. Um, Here we are. Uh, Okay. You were talking about how couples have difficulty being intimate during the pregnancy cycle. When I had my first child, there were periods of turmoil, usually due to hormonal changes in my wife and also ignorance on my part. Laugh out loud. This was all new to me, but I made a point of being involved and as supportive as I could, even though I was frequently described as the evil blank, I can't use that word on TV, that did this to her, laugh out loud. As far as sex went during the pregnancy, we carried on as usual with the occasional days off when she was not interested. Recall my new designation. We actually had sex the day of delivery, C-section. I was apprehensive, but she insisted. One funny fact was that I gained weight during her pregnancy. She gained more weight after the delivery. The post-delivery absence is difficult for both of us. And one thing I find, it is difficult to be attracted to her after having the baby because of the extra weight that she has gained. You know what? It's an issue for a lot of people. What Again, bring your best self. It's not easy to lose weight. Change your lifestyle. Change the way you approach things, um, approach eating. We know some bit of advice for women is uh, don't be a garbage can for your children. Women have a tendency when they're cleaning up, instead of throwing the crust into the into the trash, they or the garburetor, they actually um, eat them. <laughs> so they eat everything off because of nervous anxiety or whatever. But just be mindful of that. Go to a program if you want it. If you you know, there's Weight Watchers, there's Dr. Bernstein, there's lots of different programs out there. Email me; I'll happily send you um, a, a diet plan, a food plan, is what I like to say. Um, anyway, so there are lots of things you can do, but you got to bring your best self. You can't always be blaming the other person um, as well. Maybe she's tired. If people are tired, they're not sleeping well, then they're going to gain weight. So get up with the baby, help out, um, give her some time to exercise. So. Just be as good and loving and caring as you possibly can. And typically after, I don't don't know when the baby was born, it's a concern if it's been several years, but um, it's just been a few months. Just have some patience and um, and I'm 
hopefully things will improve. And do talk to her about that. I did have a couple in my clinical practice, beautiful woman. They were married. They got along incredibly well. But she'd gained like 100 pounds since the wedding. And he said, I'm not attracted to you. And he had always had low sexual desire anyway. And so this was disturbing enough for her. She was very upset when he said it. But now she's very happy. They're having a little bit more sex, and she's lost about 60 pounds or something. So remember, to, to be a better self and bring your great, greatest and best self into a relationship, don't ever depend on somebody else to make you happy. This is something you should have learned a long time ago, but nobody will make you happy. You have to be happy yourself before you can actually be a part of a healthy relationship. Do not wait for Prince or Princess Charming. They do not exist. That happiness does not, you will not find that in a can or anywhere. Um, Don't blame yourself for your failed relationships. Everybody makes mistakes. It's progress, not perfection. You got to forgive yourself and move on. Your failed relationships are not entirely your fault. So stop thinking there's something wrong with you that's not attractive. It's not appealing. Never try to change a bad guy into a good guy. It'll just never happen. You can never try to change a guy. If he doesn't want to have kids, he doesn't want to have kids. And if he does, he's going to resent you for a long time. Anyway, I cannot believe the show is a wrap. Matt, thanks for a great uh, tech production tonight. Thanks again. As usual, and your contribution to the program as well. All about Matt's sex life. Anyway, <laughs> go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. Follow me on Twitter, at back, the number two, the bedroom. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I am Maureen McGrath, and you have been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.